This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're coming to you live from the Quicken Loan Studios. National mortgage lender Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. It's the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-22. So we're about to have a Didi King Kabbalah here in a second. We just got a call from Bob and Maiden. Bob was mad. Has he ever been really demonstrative in post-game press conference? The same thing with Belichick? No, but he's been that way on the sidelines when he got mad when things weren't going his way. Oh, did, okay. The, did you DVR the game? The eye of the tiger. Did you he DVR the game? The eye of the tiger, and he said, you know what? I'm going to be the best in this team, and will follow me. And he was so mad because okay. he made him so he couldn't play, and then he came back and he said, you know what? I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, and I'm going to win, and they're going to follow me. And well, he ain't got it no more. Bob's mad, and I understand Bob's mad. You can be mad all you want if you're a player. you got to have some talent with it. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe he was just – it was a terrible throw. Maybe he had just given up at that point. I can't say Bob's 100% wrong. I've never seen Tom Brady give up. Have I? No, I've never seen Tom Brady give up. And he's done dumb things before, and that was a dumb throw. Under pressure, through that garbage. I just don't understand – I just don't understand the whole thing where if somebody looks mad, do they look mad enough on the sideline for you? Like Tom Brady has to sit there and, oh, my God, I'm so angry right now. Can't believe I threw that interception. My damned hemorrhoids medicine didn't come in, and I'm sitting on this bench, and I got this frown on my face. Friggin' Bill and his defense can't stop anybody. I got that high-ass Josh Gordon over there not doing enough, quitting on his routes. And if, Julian, if you drop one more of those passes, I'm going to send you to the special teams with the other white wide receivers. Does he have to be that angry on the sidelines? Heavens to Murgatron. I, don't, I shouldn't even have came back this year. Let's welcome in Aditi Kankabala. Hello, Aditi. How are you? Hi, Ken. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> Aditi Kinkabala, the NFL Network. Find her on Twitter at a Kinkabala. How are you? You're doing well. We've established you're doing well. That's I wonderful. Am. I'm tired. I just oh, fell asleep stop. on the couch waiting for you to call. You fell asleep. I was a little confused by that. Um, I don't can't tell if it was an impersonation or an actual person. Aditi. I have not had someone fall asleep on the couch waiting for me to call since high school. <laughs> At least I'm keeping it honest, right? Yeah, you are. Uh, the pa- the Steelers and the Patriots they played tonight. You were there, obviously, and yeah. you're very. You see everything that's going on with the Steelers. I watched that game. It was the game of the week. It was a big, big, big one and a big storyline of the whole thing. Aditi, I, I don't think I take either one of these teams seriously to win a Super Bowl this year, though. Tell yeah, me I'm wrong. I don't know that either team is really that good. But you know what? The idea is that you have to 
You don't want to peak too early either. So maybe they're both getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and if they're, they're beginning to play well at the right time, who knows? I well, don't know. I mean, maybe I, that's an option is what I'm saying. Maybe they will be that, but... I watch some of these other teams, Aditi, and they seem to play inspired football when they need to. And when I see the Steelers, they just seem to go back on their talent. Now, I know you got to play a bit inspired to beat the Patriots, so I'll give credit where it's due. But I, I still watch them thinking, man, if you guys lose to one of these teams or are losing to one of these teams coming up in the playoffs that you're supposed to beat, like you really were supposed to beat the Jaguars last year, I just don't think that they'd be able to respond the way that a team in a true championship chase is able to respond. And you're not disagreeing with me. Well, no, I'm not. I mean, look at what the last three weeks have shown. And you know what? It's interesting because that was the feeling yesterday. You know, I was watching the Browns play yesterday. And it's not like they played great, but a good team does enough to beat a team that it's supposed to, which is what the Browns did yesterday. They did enough to be able to beat the Broncos, the Steelers have not, did not do that in Denver, did not do that in Oakland, clearly have struggled with that. But today, when their backs were absolutely against the wall, they came up with the big play where they needed to. And so you, I think uh, the defense was absolutely gassed. The Patriots had the ball for 10 of the 15 minutes in the third quarter, mm-hmm. and then we were putting, we're putting together another clock leading tough drive in the fourth quarter. I was watching the Steelers defense. I mean, these guys were absolutely gulping for air. But they did what they needed to do. They came up with the plays. And that's, you know, Senator Marquis Pouncey said to me, this was where the playoffs started. Aditi Kinkwala joining us on the show. Is Mike Tomlin coaching for his job? No. I mean, that's just so Art Rooney is never going to have. If if Mike Tomlin were to leave, if Mike Tomlin were to finish coaching the Steelers, it would be because of Mike Tomlin, not because of anyone else. Really? Yes. He's never going to. So gets to right, gets to say goodbye when he wants to say goodbye. You're kidding me. So I mean, the Steelers it, have had three coaches in fifty years. Okay, I understand that, but say they would have lost today. It's all coulda, woulda, shoulda stuff. Because they, they got who? New, Eng- New Orleans next week? Correct. Oh, at least it gets easier for them. So they got mm-hmm. New Orleans next week. Say they would have lost today. Say they would have lost the division somehow. They wouldn't have won the division. Say Baltimore would have come up and, and took the division away. Mike Tomlin stays. Right. Wow. I mean, Art Rudy is not a guy that really loves change. But look, Mike Tomlin himself could decide he's done. He could say, okay, I've dealt enough with the divas at this position and the passive-aggressive people at this position, and I've made plenty of money, and I'm ready to call it a, call it a day and move on and do something different. Boy, if you were Mike Tomlin, why would... I that's more likely. It's more likely that Mike Tomlin decides when he's going than somebody there... tells Mike Tomlin you're going. Aditi Kinkabwala with us on the show. Is there any chance that he's burned out? I'm sorry, what was that? Is there any chance that he's burned out? Because you mentioned that it would be more likely that he would leave on his own accord. He's been around for a long time. There is such a thing as I'm burnout. Really, no, of course, yes. And it's also, you know, do you feel that your message is being heard? All of those things are valid questions, but that's where these next two games really are important. Today was a big win. He walked out of there very happy today. 
All right. I'm I mean, just that's sure. I think, but let's see what happens the next two weeks. Didi Kinkabala, who's in the driver's seat then in the AFC? My gosh, what a, it's so hard to answer who the best team in the AFC is. Oh, I bet I can answer it. Really? I think the Chargers are. Oh, see, and the Chargers was absolutely pedestrian in Pittsburgh for a period of time until the Steelers decided they wanted to stop playing. So, so okay, is that their fault? Is that the Chargers' fault? It's not the Chargers' no, fault. Not, but what I'm just saying is that they were a team that looked eminently beatable for a period of time. And well, they were on the when road. I say that when I said that, well, I mean, to win the Super Bowl, you have to be on the road at some point. All right, but if they're on the road and they might, I mean, every team's going to look beatable at some point. The, the Rams are at home; they look beatable right now. They're getting their asses kicked. I shouldn't use that as an example, but I, you have teams they that look very, very. I know seriously, I'm sitting here watching this, but it is, it is. I will say this: it's fun to watch Nick Foles and the Eagles do this. What? It's frustrating to watch Nick Foles and the Eagles do this. Why? Because it's a tease, Aditi. It's a tease about quarterbacks. It's a tease about Nick Foles. That's all it is. Like, is this magic going to be Nick created Foles is again? A heck of a do- of a gamer. But what, how do I pay a gamer? How do I make a how do I make a gamer my guy? Because in the first few weeks of the season, he really wasn't that great of a gamer. I mean, that's all very fair. But it's fun to see. It's fun. It's it's yeah. not as much fun when there's one super dominant team. When you really don't know how it's going to go. When you don't know what's happening every week. But don't you see it, Didi? I live in the world of the hot takes, so I need my hot takes to stand for a while. <laughs> so I embarrass myself if I come out here and I go, ah, oh, you know, these guys, they suck canal water and they're terrible. You're coughing. Why are you coughing? I don't know. As a fan, I just think this is fun. That so you really, it literally is one of those any given Sunday things. No, wait a minute. Why were you coughing? You didn't answer the question. Not feeling fabulously well. Why? What's the matter? Are you under the I, weather? Field, you know what? I got to I was got to Hinesfield at seven AM and it rained for the first I don't know, four hours that we were there. That was been a long day. And here I am at eleven o'clock up talking to you instead of sleeping on the couch. Oh what on the couch? Well the couch is the single most comfortable place to sleep, I'll say that. I sleep on the couch because I snore sometimes when I'm really tired or really drunk. Either one of the two things. Uh, do they happen a lot? Are they mutually exclusive? No. No. I'm trying to figure out the definition of mutually exclusive because I want to make sure that's right. Does Greg Williams have a shot? <laughs> Let's go. Right now. Let me go. <laughs> Let me go. Touchdown. Say what? I'm not. I'm, I'm talking to you, Aditi. I'm trying to do this. I'm not, I can't look at the TV all the time. Aditi. Really? You don't yes. have it on in the background? I have it on, but it's over to my right, and it's away from the mic. So I turn this way, and when I look at the – see, I I got to get away from the mic to, to look at the TV. You yeah, get what I'm okay. saying? Let me ask you okay. about some – let me ask you a couple more questions around the AFC North, okay? Okay. All right. If the Ravens make the playoffs, do they reevaluate yeah. what's going on with John Harbaugh? Does John Harbaugh and, and Steve Bishotti decide to still mutually – agree to part ways, or do they stick around and continue to go through this? I think it depends how far into the playoffs. AFC championship game, but they lose. I could see them still deciding mutually to go their separate ways. But again, I mean, John Arbaugh is a really, really good coach. 
I don't think that he would be pushed out. I think it would be his decision. I think it's very difficult. No, I, I think you're right. Aditi, I just think it's difficult to think it's difficult for me to answer this question because say they start off four and five next year. Are we going to do this whole conversation over all over again about John Harbaugh and firing him next year? Like you have to give some leeway to the I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the Ravens. You have to give some leeway to the guy. I mean, you're right. I hear what you're saying, but also there, there's the idea that after 10 years, your message maybe isn't heard as well. That perhaps you're not connecting as well, or maybe ownership wants to make a change. Exactly, to make a change. Do you think Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens next year? And if so, where does Joe Flacco end up? Oh boy, I do think that Jackson is, is the guy now. I mean, clearly they've made that decision. Flacco does not remain a Raven. Where does he go? I don't know. That's a tough one. It We've is. been up for as long as I have been. Oh, come on. You know I stay up 36 hours straight between Sundays and Mondays? I mean, why? you're a special person, clearly. A machine. Washington will need a quarterback. Yes, they will. will need a quarterback. Jacksonville will need a quarterback. Oh, We had someone, Barry Wilner, who brought up uh, Oakland as a possibility. I think that's a good idea. I mean, I, I, I like Carr. Derek Carr. Why? I don't I th- understand. Why yeah. do you not like Derek Carr? No, I like Derek Carr. I'm saying it's a it's a good idea in the case of it was good thinking by Barry because I just don't think that John, uh, John Gruden is all the way in on Derek Carr. Doesn't seem to be. Doesn't want to help him. Doesn't seem to be that in on anybody. I saw this crazy stat today, by the way. Khalil Mack has more sacks than the entire Raiders team combined. Oh, boy. That's an ugly stat. That is an ugly, ugly stat. Who's the coach of the – Aditi Kinkabala joining us on the show. Who is the coach of the Cincinnati Bengals next year? Uh, <laughs> I think that you have a pretty good guess of that, don't you? No! you got to be kidding me. <laughs> I don't – I truly honestly don't know, but I think that's another word where Marvin Lewis will uh, – Marvin Lewis will retire. You wait a minute. You just said to me, you just said, Aditi, hey, I think you know. And then you're like, ah, that's what I have no idea about. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. I mean, but there has been a lot of chatter that, you know, Mike Brown likes what he's familiar with and Jackson is someone he's familiar with. You know, they had 44,000 at the stadium today down in Cincinnati. Sad. So he's familiar with empty seats, so I guess he's going to be familiar with that and hire Hugh Jackson is what you're telling me. I'm not saying that it's definitely a done deal, but there's been a lot of chatter that Mike <laughs> Brown really does like Hugh Jackson. Oh, that's sad. Not fr- not by you. That's sad by if them. You're a Brown fan, if you're a Browns fan, doesn't it just make you happy? I'm laughing. That you, you just heard me laugh. I'm laughing. It's true. I hope it happens. Well, not for not for Bengals fans. Oh God, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It might basically take two weeks off a year until they finally wise it up and fi- <laughs> until they smarten up and fired him. Uh, Aditi Kinkawala joining us on the show. Who's the head coach of the Browns next year? Before we let you go. Oh gosh, it's not Condoleezza Rice. Well, we know that. <laughs> Do not say Colin uh, Powell, or I'll hang up on you. Well, both both Harbaugh brothers have been linked to the job, haven't they? 
I don't think they know yet. And I've told you, said. I would give I would give John Harbaugh a piggyback ride to Cleveland. I mean, he's a great coach. Obviously, he really is. But do you think Greg Williams has a shot at the job realistically? Uh, he's certainly making it hard to not give him consideration. They go eight, seven, and one. What is what is John Dorsey supposed to do? Because the fans love him. The fans absolutely love the guy. And it does seem that him and Baker, even though you don't see him together all the time, it seems like they get along decently enough. I think that Williams brings a real sense of discipline and order to the club, and I think Baker's a guy that has a lot of respect for that. I dig it. Was there anything you wanted me to ask you before I let you go? No, there really wasn't, Ken, actually. Oh, that's wonderful. Sorry. All right. Maybe next hey. time. <laughs> Aditi, thank you, thank you very much for the time. We will talk thank again soon. Thank you for having me. I'll talk it's, to you soon. It sounds like it was your pleasure. Yeah. Aditi Gigawalla joining us on the show. Coming up here in a bit, we'll welcome Kevin McGuire, NBC Sports College football writer. Do you want to do a three-up, three-down when we come back there, Hickey? Hey, you're the host. I think I want to try to jam it in. I do got one thought on the Bengals, though. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in just over 20 minutes, or just under 20 minutes, I should say, Kevin McGuire will talk college football with him. Could you imagine being a Bengals fan? You had 44,000 at the stadium today. It was the home finale of the 2018 season. And you look at the state of Ohio, and you got one owner up there on the lake who seems to care too much what the fan thinks. You have one owner down there on the river that doesn't care enough about what the fans think. Hugh Jackson's the answer to that. All right. I just want to know, Hick, that's the answer to these things? Mr. Brown, you have 44000 at the stadium. You know what's going to fix this? Hugh Jackson. And his track record speaks for itself. So obviously, it does, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you if you want to finish off a franchise, it very well, very well might. I think Marvin Lewis, it's hard to say this without getting killed. There needs to be something said for a guy who's able to be a coach for this long. And I know it's for Mike Brown, and so people say it really doesn't count. I I got that. There needs to be something said for a guy who can still be in charge of a football team, get to the playoffs seven times. I know, I know. Get to the playoffs seven times. Because I'll point it out coming up later on, you look at what has happened in the last, what, two off-seasons, three off-seasons. I got it in here in my hand. For the 2016 offseason, two years ago, Doug Peterson, offensive coordinator, now the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Browns hired Hugh Jackson. The Dolphins hired Adam Gase. The Giants hired Ben McAdoo. Dirk Cutter went to Tampa Bay. Chip Kelly, it feels like forever ago, was in San Francisco. Mike Malarkey was held over in Tennessee. Four of those guys, Dirk Cutter's about to be fired as well, so about five of those guys are no longer employed. Almost five. In 2015, Gary Kubiak was picked up by the Denver Broncos. Of course, he won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Dan Quinn still in Atlanta. Rex Ryan, John Fox, Todd Bowles, Jack Del Rio, Jim Tom Sula. You are looking at nearly five other guys who were fired and Gary Kubiak retired there. Dan Quinn, for the most part, should be okay. 
unless there's something I missed just five minutes ago. He should be all right. So I have to give Marvin Lewis some credit. There will always be this big blah of not getting past the first round, losing playoff games. I understand that. Fans want more. So I'm not trying to talk down to any fans there. You have some level of success, you want more success. I I get that, totally understand it. But I have to give him some credit going, well, you know, you you have been a head coach for a long time. You're able to stick into a position for some part of it. Some of that's political. Some of that's where the owner just doesn't want to have to hire another guy. I understand that. But when I look around this league, this is two years ago. Hugh Jackson out on his ass. Maybe he's the next head coach again. That doesn't enthuse anybody over in Cincinnati. Ben McAdoo is a pariah. Dirk Cutter will have to air out for a second. Chip Kelly is in college again where he belongs. Mike Malarkey's away. So it it does it does show you that, yeah, you, you got to be a decent enough coach to stick around for any reputable amount of time. 855-2124-CBS. We got to do it quick, but three up, three down. Who's trending up? Who's sinking down? It's time to find out on Free Up, Three Down with Ken Carmen here on CBS Sports Radio. Who's up? I'm going to say Stephen A. Smith to start things off. And I know that Hick and I know that Shep are going, are you kidding me right now? No, I'm not kidding you because America responded to what he said. He's in this business. He's in the business of entertainment. He's in the business of making you think. And, yeah, it was a gaffe. Hunter Henry's hurt, and there was no reason he should have said that. And, yes, he exposed himself. He hadn't been paying attention to any of that other stuff. That is absolutely true. However, America, NBC Sports, Pro football talk, all the talk shows, everybody's responding to this guy. You got to have some cachet, some swagger, some power to get America to care about what you say. Because I can say as many things as I want to, and it can be right on the money. Ain't no one care what I have to say. Next. Who's down? Vance Joseph. I feel bad for Vance Joseph. We have to admit to ourselves here that we are in a changing culture in football. We have more stats. We have more analytics than we ever have before. Vance Joseph is a guy who grew up working in the NFL since he's got done playing. He's a guy who started to work under different guys and is a defensive coach. And so there are certain systems where you're conservative in and you understand that, okay, if I kick this field goal, it's down to one. There's four and a half minutes left. I believe I have a timeout left if I'm trying to go back to what happened last night. So you can get the ball back, which they did, and I can get another field goal, which they almost got a chance to kick, and get the win. But they were a yard away. And I totally understand the logic. And watching last night, I wanted him to go for it. I wanted him to continue. Your offense is moving. It's fourth and one. You get this first down. Now you can go in and score. And you get to work away more of that clock. So it works out for you twofold. And on the other end, even though that he kicked the field goal and people were going right there in real time going, I can't believe he kicked the field goal. Boy, this is going to be rough. Greg Williams comes down on the other end and goes for it instead of kicking a field goal to make it a four-point game, giving up 30 yards behind his back no matter what would have happened if he would have kicked since he didn't kick. Because instead of a touchdown where you have to go the entire length of the field, then you take away 30 yards because you're giving away a field goal now because you have to get in a field goal range. One guy had his team make plays. Drill Peppers on a blitz. The other guy, they didn't make enough. But both of their logic, while sound, was still a bit old school, even though the yeah, Greg Williams did technically, and it's not technically he did, 
quote-unquote coach to win where he was trying to go for it to salt it away and then does in turn put pressure on his defense but puts confidence in his defense to make a play. I just don't believe we should be killing Vance Joseph. You don't need more reasons to kill Vance Joseph. He'll probably get fired by the end of this year. And this is just another one of those examples of it. But I think we just need to realize that there is a time right now where offenses are changing, the rules are changing, how we look at teams are changing, and yes, how we look at down and distance and situations and clock management and timeouts, that's all changing too. It's a good thing for the league. It's fun. But there are guys who have the best of intentions who aren't stupid people. They just make a couple of tough decisions that might be a little too conservative, at least for our taste in 2018. Next. Who's up? Ryan Pace. This is a guy who gets it, folks. This is a guy who understands that there have been so many different general managers around the NFL. I got this amount of time. I can do this. I can wait on this guy. We don't need a quarterback this year. We don't have to trade up. Ryan Pace says, nope, I already know it. I've been told by everybody else. I need to go out and make strong moves. He he jumps up. He trades up for Mitchell Trubisky. Could have been a disastrous move. Has turned out to be okay. He's still developing, but it's turned out to be okay. Then finds out the Khalil Max out there. How could you give up two first-round picks? Gave up two first-round picks. He's laughing. The only thing Oakland has to do is hope that they can somehow get somebody else in there to figure out who to draft because it's not necessarily that John El- John Gruden has knocked it out of the park in his drafting in the past, like the last time he was a head coach in the NFL. So while you can cling to your draft picks, and draft picks are nice, playoff appearances are even better. And Ryan Pace's team is going to the playoffs because he knows you don't get some sort of timetable. You don't get some sort of long plan. You have a finite amount of time, which is basically to the whim of your fan base and to your owner. Next. Who's down? Tom Brady. Desperate decisions. He's making desperate decisions. They're calling for more desperate measures in desperate times. And a man who's 40 years old who's fighting against the clock. Quite literally, he did have the Facebook promo that came out, Tom versus Time. He's fighting against the clock. And yeah, I know, it's the old adage. They're going to make you want to kick me in the face where Father Time waits for no man. But it's the truth. And now that it's no longer the Patriot way, it's the Tom Brady way. He's the only thing that's going to get them going. And there are questions in New England. Next. Who's up? Tom Telesco. He's done a hell of a job with the L.A. Chargers. I don't know if anybody in L.A. tends to care. They all seem to really care about the Rams. But he's done a hell of a job, and I will admit, I love Phillip Rivers. Not having a quarterback for my own favorite team has gotten me to love other quarterbacks, other other franchise quarterbacks of this last generation. Manning, Brady, Phillip Rivers, those guys. I'm wishing the best for Phillip Rivers. Next. Who's down? Carson Wentz. I, I know that people are questioning about your durability. I don't know what else the Philadelphia Eagles were supposed to do. They took a gamble, they rolled the dice, they traded up, they got you, you got them to an 11-win record, you got hurt, they still won a Super Bowl. You can argue that they made the wrong decision, except they won the Super Bowl. So you can't argue that they made the wrong decision. It's automatically a winner for any Eagle fan and for the Philadelphia Eagles with Howie Roseman because they won a Super Bowl. And he was a big part of getting them to a position where they could win a Super Bowl. I know Nick Foles is there, but over the entire course of a season... Yeah, you know exactly where I'm going on this. So you can argue about it if you're one of those cap space nerds, if you're one of those guys who are obsessed over draft picks. They won a Super Bowl. So I can argue about their durability, but they have something that lasts forever. And that is three up, three down. Coming up next, Kevin McGuire, NBC Sports, an eight-team playoff. Could be right around the corner. 
And there could be something bad to that. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at midnight Eastern. Just what the hell do you think the Eagles were supposed to do? Also coming up at 1220, Joe Flacco wins again. Now, I know he didn't play today, but Joe Flacco wins again. I'll explain at around 1220 a.m. Eastern. 855-2124-CBS. Let's go to the hotline. The college football playoff committee is talking about an 18 playoff format. There are economic woes to this. All you bleeding hearts out there, you might have to change your tune on paying players. Let's bring in one of the best when it comes to covering college football, Kevin McGuire, NBC Sports College football writer. He joins us on the show. Hello, Kevin. Hey, Ken. How you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful. Find this man on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. So they're talking about an 18 playoff. Is this something that could realistically happen very soon, or is this just to placate the masses? I think it's probably right now, it's probably more to placate the masses, but I do Mm. think that uh, there are some serious discussions that are going to be had moving forward, and I would not rule out the possibility that this happens before the current contract expires, but odds are it'll probably just wait until the contract is ready and up for renewal and before any of those changes do get made, because I do think... You know, from from the moment they announced the 14 playoff, I said it's going to be inevitable that yep. this thing is going to expand at some point in time. It's just a matter of when, not not a matter of if for me. So I, I do think we're going to see a change. It's just a matter of you know how soon are we actually going to get it? When is that contract up, Kevin? I think there's uh, two, three more years on it. I forget exactly. We're coming up on the renegotiation period pretty soon, I would say. But uh, I think we've got a couple more years of this current format right now. What do you think are some of the maybe legal wranglings or economic wranglings that need to be taken care of before it does go to eight teams? Well, I guess we first we've got to figure out how is this thing going to be structured? Uh, is this going to add on games to your, your already extended regular season? Or are you going to take away conference championships, uh, conference championship games? Uh, and if so, you know, how is that going to compensate the conferences? I think that's a huge financial question that still remains to be answered uh, because we need to know how exactly we're going to determine who gets in this playoff, first of all, and what are the, what are the qualifications going to have to be, and are they going to be uniform? That's the other thing. I mean, you got to get everybody on the same page there before you can figure out exactly where this is going. But, I mean, if, you, if you're going to keep the conference championship games and then you're going to tack on another game, you know, where are those games going to be played? Uh, probably uh, – hold them on campus sites, I think, for the first round, and maybe you could still use the current bowl structure uh, as it's currently already set up for a 4-14 playoff once you get to the semifinals. But I I think there's a lot of logistical information that's going to have to be determined if and when this thing does go to an expanded playoff because you've got a lot of things to figure out uh, because not every school can afford to make some of the financial commitments to play an extended season that's going to be maybe another game long. Um, you know, there, there, are some, there are some serious questions there. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think that people don't understand. When I see eight teams, of course. I mean, come on, Kevin. Yeah, there was one where it was going to be number three, what, Notre Dame against number six, Ohio State. That's shooting fish in a barrel. At Notre Dame Stadium, are we serious here? But you just mentioned, obviously those teams could afford it. But when I look at some of the situations of we always want the little guy to have a shot, well, does the little guy get a shot at the beginning of the season anymore? Because if you are playing more games, I still have to find a way to make it under 16 because if you play 16, the big boys who get paid play 16, and then you find yourself in a lot of hot water legally with some of these folks. 
Yeah, and I think if you're if you're going to find a way that benefits everybody, I think you're going to have to determine, you know, what percentage of money goes to the Big Ten, what percentage goes to the SEC, what percentage is going to the American Athletic Conference and the Mountain West Conference. Is everybody going to get a slice of this pie, regardless of whether you have a team in the playoff or not? Uh, that's that's one of the many hurdles that I think we're going to have, and it's probably going to be a real struggle to you know with that between that separation between these power conferences and these non-power conferences because we've already had that divide. And now you're going to risk maybe potentially making that divide a little bit wider while trying to appear as though you're kind of neutralizing things a little bit more. Uh, obviously, you're not going to make everything even, but I think that there's, there's going to be some push, I think, from some of these small conferences to try and get a bigger slice of the pie, which I totally get. You know, that, that's, they're, they're trying to do what's best for all their members, and I, I totally respect that going forward. Kevin McGuire joining us. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin on at CFB. Also, uh, our our buddy Ryan Hickey, who is our producer, did some great research here. The ESPN deal with the college football playoff does go through the 2025 season. Man, that seems like it's far off. Okay, I would so hope that it's a few more years than I was expecting. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, I hope that they're able to get something there because, man, I would love for them to be able to play that. I think it would be great. Either way, Kevin McGuire joins us on the show. Yeah. People get so upset with me because I'm just thinking, hey, there there's legal things here that they got to take care of. To have an eight-team playoff, I just want to make sure it doesn't get to any more bracket creep because I'll be selfish about this, Kevin. I love the arguments. I love them. Four versus five. Who's already in the four that doesn't deserve to be there? You get the belly aching that goes on from those who are on the outside looking in of it. And when you get to seven to eight to nine, then there's a little bit less. And then when you get to 16... I just don't want it to happen what's happened to the NCAA tournament where the regular season means less and less and less, and we're not arguing as vigorously through the top teams like we've seen in the past. Yeah, and we see some of these smaller divisions like the FCS, Division Two, Division Three. They have larger playoff fields uh, that they've been working with, but it's a, it's a completely different ballgame, of course, than down those levels. And so, obviously, when you're talking about these big money schools, uh, I think you, you're, you're you're putting a lot of pressure on to go to a 16-team playoff. That's why I feel like if it is going to expand uh, six teams, I think a lot of people are in favor of. If they expand, I like the eight-team model. Either way, uh, I think it's going to eventually go to eight at some point in time. And I think that that's actually a, a good number for an expanded playoff field. And I don't think you need to go too far beyond that. I totally agree with you, Kevin McGuire, joining us on the show. Players sitting out bowl games, more and more doing so. Is there a downside to this at all? Not to me. I, I, I fully uh, appreciate and endorse uh, a player doing what's best for them. Uh, you know, they're not getting reimbursed. Or they're not getting paid for playing these games. And I think, you know, more and more as the years go by, you know, there's a lot more investments that are they have to take in and keep in mind for their long-term future. I mean, this is a this is not playing uh, college football in the '80s and the '70s. It is a much different game today. You know, there's a lot more riding on the line with the contracts that are offered in the NFL. So, you know, if you want to do what's best for you and you know, take it easy for it and get out of bowl game, I don't mind it. Now, it is, it is a little bit of a problem, I think, for some of these bowl games because they're going to lose out on getting a chance to feature some star players. Like Arizona State just didn't play a bowl game without their best wide receiver. So I think that was a little bit of a drag, I think, for that bowl game. But, you know, that's, that's the reality. We're going to get more and more of this. And I don't know if there's any turning back at this point. I mean, I watched the New Mexico Bowl. I had a hell of a time still watching it. 
doesn't matter to me if players are sitting out for the pro football draft. It is their money. I know it might be, and some people get, well, it's a little bit selfish. Well, yeah, it absolutely is a little bit selfish. We're talking about millions of dollars. I don't even think it's a little bit selfish. I think it's a whole lot selfish, but I think dollars to donuts, anybody who's ever put in that position would do the same thing. Kyler Murray, if he wanted to play football, do you support that or should he go play baseball? He should do whatever he feels is best for him, but I think it's probably going to be more worthwhile for him in the long run to go at baseball. So, you know, it's a little bit less contact for certain. And uh, there's some, there's different kinds of contracts in baseball that you have up your sleeve. So I, I think that would be more rewarding to go baseball in the long term. But, you know, if the football players can get some good endorsement deals too and uh, some good opportunities. So, I mean, I, I'm not so sure playing football would be the worst idea for him, but I, I'm very curious to see where he's going. I think baseball is going to end up getting him, but uh, I'd be very curious to see what his NFL draft prep is like if he ends up going through that process. It, it almost feels like Scott Boris has a gun to his head. I got less than a minute, and I mean that. Doesn't it seem, does it feel to you like he loves football and just really, really likes baseball and might would rather play football? Yeah, I mean, you can see the passion in him. He's certainly having fun out of it. But so I'd be very curious to see what happens here because he's a star. You know, wherever he's going to end up going, he's got the charisma, he's got the talent. Uh, and the way that this NFL game is evolving, uh, it could be well-suited for him if he ends up going that way. But, you know, I'd be very curious. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what he ends up deciding to do in the coming weeks, coming months. Kevin, I thank you very much for the time. All the very best to you and yours, my friend. We'll run you down again soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Kevin McGuire, NBC Sports College Football. Follow him on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. Totally agree with him. I, I want to totally agree with him, I should say, about Kyler Murray. It could be a time, and I might have to explain this on the other side, we could be at a moment where he could, could go play football. If the window's open, this is the only time it's ever going to be really, really open for him. I'll have to explain that when we come back. 855-2124-CBS. I know the business of it, but man, it feels like Scott Boris is just forcing him to play baseball from everything that we hear. Coming up at 1220 a.m. Eastern, Joe Flacco, he wins again. Nope, not on the football field. And coming up next, it was such a great game at 425 East, even though I don't think either team's going to the Super Bowl. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.